Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Investors are selling off in Tokyo this morning as concerns over a possible Russian invasion of Ukraine take center stage. The Nikkei is trading down 2%. Seoul isn't far behind. The Kospi is of 1.7%. Sydney, though, seeing more buying than selling. The ASX 200 is in positive territory. Joining me now as we break down all the market action is Yap Junrong. He's a market strategist with IG. Good morning, Junrong. Hey, good morning, Michelle. Good to speak with you. We begin this Monday morning here in Singapore, where corporate earnings are taking center stage. Southeast Asia's largest lender, DBS, released its fourth quarter results this morning. Prior to the stock market's opening bell, DBS netted $1.4 billion in the last three months of the year. That is better than expected and 37% higher than a year ago. Jinrong, what exactly is driving DBS's business? Yeah, so of course, uh, this morning we saw the DBS uh, fourth quarter results uh, have posted a 37% year-on-year jump in the net profits, largely driven by uh, both a 9% increase in uh, loans growth and also uh, a 9% increase in uh, fee income. So overall, while our net interest margin still hover around its uh, low level at around 1.43%, I think we are seeing the absence of any further decline from a previous quarter along with an uh, impending you know, rising interest rate environment, that kind of suggests that the worst for its uh, net interest margin uh, may be kind of over. And uh, its net interest margin during pre-COVID period stands at around 1.8 to uh, 1.9%. So comparing with current uh, 1.43%, it suggests some uh, huge potential for uh, catch-up growth, which will aid to underpin its uh, overall uh, net interest income ahead. Whereas for now, uh, business momentum remains uh, positive driven by you know healthy loan growth and also a wealth management uh, fees and thus far economic conditions has been uh, resilient and seem to be set on a path for uh, further recovery if you look at a dbs uh, fourth quarter non-performing uh, loan ratio it came in at a 1.3 percent which is even lower than a uh, pre-covid period so ultimately i believe the uh, proposed uh, increased dividend may be chirped by uh, investors with uh, them proposing a fourth quarter dividend at 36 cents per share an increase of uh, $0.03 cents from the previous payout. So this kind of marks a 9% increase in an annualized dividend, which mm-hmm. kind of render them a dividend yield of uh, 3.9%. Well, speaking of looking forward, DBS CEO Piyush Gupta is cautioning that the bank faces potential risks from a U.S. market sell-off, as well as a slowdown in China. However, most analysts think that the bank stands poised to do well along with other financial institutions as interest rates rise in the months ahead. Junrong, what do you think? Yes, yeah, so uh, definitely if we are talking about the financial sector, the key uh, positive uh, tailwind will of course be in terms of a uh, positive reversion in terms of the uh, uh, net interest margin if you are looking towards an uh, impending uh, rising uh, interest rate environment. So that will kind of provide some form of a positive tailwind for our, our three uh, local banks as well, not just for uh, DBS. And we should see, you know, uh, further, you know, boost in their uh, net interest uh, income from this uh, aspect moving forward. But of course, some of the risks, you know, as highlighted by uh, Mr. Gupta, is that, you know, the uh, risk from the U.S. market sell-off and also the uh, China uh, slowdown. So that will remain, you know, some of the uh, uh, key risks that may be impacting uh, in terms of the uh, loan demand. But thus far, it has not really uh, paid out yet. So that will definitely be one to uh, watch out for. I think one of the key risks will definitely be in terms of the uh, faster uh, policy normalization across the globe. 
potentially, you know, uh, with concerns that, you know, uh, faster tightening may potentially uh, cap our economic uh, momentum or moving forward. Mm-hmm. So I believe that that could also remain uh, one of the key risks that we should uh, definitely look out for ahead. All right, just to wrap up our DBS story, DBS shares are up 14% since the beginning of the year and we'll check in later to see how investors are reacting today to the bank's earning numbers. Let's take a look now at some other major corporates here in Singapore and how they're doing. After the markets closed on Friday, Starhub reported a 27% jump in earnings for the second half of the year. It netted more than $80 million from July to December, but a large part of those profits are due to government assistance, namely the job support scheme. Junrong, how so? Yeah, so uh, for Starhub, if you remove the uh, one-off effect from the uh, job support scheme uh, last year, uh, the net profit for the full year actually rose uh, 17% year-on-year. Uh, year. And although the strength is uh, not broad-based across its uh, business segment, there are some signs of uh, optimism in that the results have actually outperformed the company's uh, previous uh, full year 2021 uh, guidance. So we may point towards uh, some early signs that is a recent uh, fire growth uh, roadmap which was highlighted, you know, also known as the uh, Dare Plus uh, strategy. That may be uh, working to some extent for now if you look at the rising uh, average revenue per user across uh, its uh, business segment. So what may be important to investors will once again boil down to in terms of its dividend. Mm-hmm. So it announced a final dividend of uh, 3.9 cents uh, per share, which brings its total uh, uh, full year 2021 dividend to 6.4 uh, cents per share. So you also guided for a five cents dividend in uh, full year 2022 and uh, 2023. So that may translate to dividend yield of around uh, 3.8%. So overall, it's a business transformation, I believe, uh, still in the early stage. The company has some uh, growth engine and uh, cost-saving uh, initiatives uh, highlighted. So that will definitely want to watch if the company can continue to uh, pull it off uh, ahead. Another company that is doing well is Thomson Medical. Its half-year profits surged more than 50% to $12, $12.5 million, I should say, big difference there. Jun Rong, do these gains look sustainable? Um, if you look at Thomson Medical, uh, the results do highlight some uh, tailwind from the uh, COVID situation. If you look at an uh, income boost uh, from its management of uh, vaccination centres and also a uh, community uh, treatment uh, facility. But other than that, you also highlight some tailwind from an uh, economic reopening. If you look at this uh, six, mu- six months uh, revenue from the uh, specialised services segment, it kind of grew uh, 46% uh, from the year ago. But this was kind of balanced against uh, increasing costs uh, near term with regards to its uh, expansion plans for its uh, hospital in uh, Malaysia. So with that, whether the uh, profit can continue, I think the uh, ultimately the COVID-19 situation, the risk will set to uh, abate over the coming months. And one may have to actually look towards uh, how accretive the investments will be in terms of its uh, Malaysian expansion, potentially into the second half of this uh, financial year, considering that the, the, we have also heard from the management that they have guided for the new wing in uh, Malaysia to start contributing to uh, revenue towards the uh, later half of this year. Mm, a company that does not appear to be doing so well is First REIT, at least not from an investor standpoint. The distributions per unit that it pays investors are down nearly 30% as compared with a year earlier. This is despite seeing a hefty rise in the company's distributable income. So Junrong, why is First REIT's distribution down when its income is up? Yeah, so if we uh, look at First Street, generally we are seeing an uh, increase in revenue and also a net property income. 
uh, but its uh, distribution per unit actually fell uh, 29.2% uh, year on year, largely because of the uh, enlarged uh, unit base from its uh, previous uh, rights issue. So we know that a huge major factor that has been weighing on the REITs is in terms of its uh, lack of cash in uh, servicing its debt, which suggests that for investors, they will always kind of run the risk of the REIT having to turn to a further rights issue to raise a liquidity. And that may not actually uh, bought well for a shareholder's return in the near term. So that may keep some uh, investors you know, on the sidelines for now in terms of first REIT. Let's zoom back out for a moment, Jun Rong. What is your overall take on the Singapore earnings season so far to date? Yeah, so uh, as of uh, early February, uh, we saw that around half of the uh, Singapore REITs have kind of uh, reported their quarterly earnings so far. And the overall results have shown some uh, resilience in terms of the growth in the distribution uh, per unit. So for uh, local office REITs, there have also been some uh, slight improvement in uh, office rental prices and also uh, office uh, occupancy rates, considering that you know the economic recovery is ongoing. And also there has been an ongoing progress in uh, Singapore's uh, endemic uh, COVID-19 uh, stance. So in terms of balance sheet overall, uh, S-Reads currently have an average uh, gearing ratio of about 38%, which is well below the 50%. So that is kind of a healthy uh, balance sheet, leaving it uh, well positioned uh, for growth. But of course, if we talk about REITs, the sector holding some investors back uh, continues to revolve around the increased uh, hawkish uh, expectations in terms of uh, interest rate. And for the energy side of things, uh, energy counters also generally saw some improvement in the revenue and earnings, largely from you know, higher commodities prices, which helped to drive a higher average uh, selling prices uh, for, for its uh, businesses. So this week, we'll bring focus to the uh, bank earnings. So bank earnings are especially important for the STI, considering that it accounts for 45% of the overall STI weightage. So that will play a key role in determining whether, you know, STI can continue to deliver uh, for the upside ahead. Yep, Jun Rong is a market strategist with IG. You're listening to us here on Market View. I'm Michelle Martin. One more bit of local corporate news that I want to check in with you, Jun Rong, about. The agribusiness Olam is spinning off its Olam food ingredients unit. Now, over the weekend, Olam made a filing with the Singapore Exchange in which it said the demerger will enhance shareholder value. Jun Rong, what can you tell us about this? Yes, so in terms of the uh, Olam situation, uh, the reorganization into uh, three different uh, units was in a way largely to simplify the uh, group structure, considering that the management seems to view the uh, units as having a separate catalyst, uh, separate trends and also a separate uh, geography. So by listing the uh, Olam food ingredient unit in the uh, London Stock Exchange, uh, the exchange, I believe, may provide uh, exposure to a larger set of uh, companies in the similar industry for a valuation uh, comparison. And along with uh, the greater uh, market liquidity uh, from this uh, exchange itself, uh, potentially it may aid the unit to trade at a more uh, fair valuation ahead. And this is what I believe that the management may also be looking out for. Interesting. Let's turn to Singapore now. The Straits Times Index finished in the green every day last week. It rose nearly 3% and is now up close to 10% since the beginning of the year. Singapore is outperforming Tokyo, Seoul, Sydney and Shanghai, all of which are in the red, as well as Hong Kong, where the Hang Seng Index is up 6.5% since the beginning of the year. Jun Rong, why do you think that is so? Why is Singapore outperforming? 
Yes, I believe when we look at uh, Singapore, uh, there could be potential for you know some uh, catch-up growth uh, paying out, uh, considering that uh, some uh, lagging performance uh, last year. And currently, uh, economic conditions have shown to be uh, quite resilient to uh, virus risk. If you look at the uh, manufacturing sector, it has uh, remained uh, robust in light of uh, ongoing uh, demand from our trading partners. And along with our fully vaccination rate of uh, more than 85%, uh, it does suggest that the shift towards and an endemic situation for uh, COVID-19 will continue. And that actually kind of uh, bots well for a further uh, reopening of uh, borders ahead. All right. Do you think, though, that the Singapore market will continue adding to these gains or has that ship already sailed? Last year, we saw, saw the SDI rally during the first quarter and then basically stagnate for the next nine months. So what do you think? Yes, uh, I take reference to the uh, SGX uh, fund flow data. So if you look at the uh, last week's uh, data, we saw that the SDI continues to see uh, another week of uh, net institutional inflows of uh, this time around is around uh, 345 million, which is kind of the largest uh, inflow since uh, March 2021 and also the fifth uh, consecutive week of uh, institutional uh, inflows. So, of course, we saw that it's not uh, broad-based. Uh, the strength is uh, continue to lie in terms of the uh, banking sectors, whereas uh, the risk continue to see some uh, slight uh, outflow. But overall, it suggests that, you know, the Singapore shares uh, continue to gain, uh, has been gaining traction for now. And potentially, in terms of that, uh, investors are positioning for uh, some uh, good news in terms of the uh, um, financial, uh, in terms of the banking uh, results that will be released uh, this week. Let's turn now to global markets. Tensions along the Russia-Ukraine border are casting a shadow over markets. Over the weekend, Russian President Vladimir Putin has been holding talks with U.S. President Joe Biden as well as France's Emmanuel Macron. But the U.S. is warning that a Russian invasion of Ukraine is imminent. The Dow shed 500 points or 1.4% on Friday amidst those concerns. wrong, what would a Russian invasion mean for markets? Markets. Yes, if you look at the uh, Ukraine-Russia tension, I believe this week will definitely be of uh, great importance considering that uh, we will be seeing more uh, diplomacy talks uh, continuing from the uh, Ukraine-Russia front. And uh, amid the uncertainty, we are seeing that markets are kind of heavily tilted towards a very defensive mode. If you look at a safe haven asset such as the uh, US dollar and also the gold seeing strength, uh, to end last week, while our U.S. Treasury yields uh, also kind of uh, retreated. So, of course, uh, moving forward much will depend on whether, you know, Russian uh, President uh, Putin is willing to absorb the uh, economic cost from uh, sanctions. And if you were to see any breakdown of uh, diplomatic efforts, that will be a catalyst for uh, further uh, market panic. And now, if you are talking about uh, an invasion, mm-hmm. that may also drive uh, further gains in the uh, oil prices which will kind of uh, add on to a greater concerns of uh, inflationary pressure at a time where, you know, global pricing pressure are not showing any uh, signs of a relief at the moment yet. So that may create uh, uh, some jitters in the markets. And some analysts say the price of oil could top 100 US dollars a barrel in the event of an invasion. Junron, what would be the impact of that? Would it add further fuel to inflation? 
Yes, so uh, if you're talking about further increase in the uh, oil prices, uh, that will definitely fuel uh, greater concerns that, you know, the inflationary pressure will become uh, kind of a uh, more persistent and you actually take uh, further action uh, from the Fed in, to bring down uh, this uh, pricing pressure itself. So definitely if you're talking about uh, a further invasion, then uh, that will definitely be one of the key risks that will play out in the market. In the event of an invasion, would there be any safe havens? Would you expect gold, maybe even crypto, to do well? Yes, so uh, in terms of uh, you know further risk of mood, generally the safe haven uh, such as the US dollar and gold may continue to find uh, further traction. We have seen uh, gold surging to its uh, three-month high to end uh, last week. And, you know, uh, that, that suggests that, you know, markets are positioning themselves onto a, a more uh, defensive queue. We are also seeing the uh, U.S. Treasury yields uh, kind of retreated. So generally, you know, uh, I believe that if there is, uh, you know, a further breakdown of uh, diplomacy talks uh, this week, uh, generally, you know, this safe haven goal may continue to find uh, traction moving forward. The other big topic on investor radars this week is interest rates. In particular, there appears to be some debate within the U.S. Federal Reserves over how fast interest rates should rise. At least one Fed official thinks that the Fed should be looking at hiking lending rates by a full percentage point by July. Jun Rong, how is this debate impacting the markets and the flight to safety? Yes, so uh, coming after the uh, latest uh, CPI, the U.S. Uh, CPI data last week, which kind of marks a new uh, 40-year high for uh, U.S. inflation. And this is actually the uh, continued outperformance in the uh, inflation reading since uh, March 2021. So this data kind of translates into a greater pressure for the Fed to uh, respond uh, aggressively ahead. So if you look at the U.S. Uh, Fed funds future, it actually reflected a sharp uh, hour revision in the rate height bets with our markets now pricing for around an 80% chance of a 50 basis point hike in the March FOMC meeting, compared to just you know 30% before the CPI data was released. So markets are also now pricing for an overall 6 to 7 rate hikes through 2022, which was up from the 5 to 6 hikes before Thursday itself. So generally, I believe that without any specific clear direction from the Fed, from the uh, previous uh, FOMC meeting, I believe that market will continue to uh, adjust their expectations around uh, economic uh, data releases. Mm-hmm. And until uh, there are greater uh, clarity that we'll, that we'll see from the effect in terms of their policy uh, outlook, mm-hmm. I believe that volatility will be set to remain for now. At the top of the show, Jun Rong, I picked your brain about local corporate earnings season. Let me check in with you now about the U.S. results. So corporate earnings in the U.S. is in full swing. The season will be coming to a close soon. What are your major takeaways from it so far? Yes, if we look at the uh, earnings season uh, in the U.S. Uh, so far, I believe that uh, thus far earnings momentum are still uh, very robust. If you look at the uh, overall sectors in the uh, S&P 500, um, of all the uh, companies that have uh, released their earnings, uh, 78% has actually uh, outperformed in terms of earnings expectations, whereas uh, 76% have outperformed in terms of uh, revenue uh, expectations. So this is kind of a, a very uh, robust reading and it's kind of uh, following through with the uh, close to uh, 80% that we've seen in the previous uh, earnings season. So if you look at the top performing uh, sectors for now, uh, the information technology has been uh, leading the pack, 
if you look at the uh, IT sectors, uh, you know, the technology sectors, uh, 91% has actually uh, beaten uh, earnings expectations. And this is followed by uh, industrial with uh, 84% uh, beating expectations and followed by uh, energy uh, with uh, 82% uh, uh, outperforming out, out uh, expectations. So generally, if you look at this, it does suggest that uh, earnings momentum uh, remain intact at this uh, uh, recent uh, earnings season itself. But what markets are looking ahead is that whether this earnings momentum can continue mm. if you are talking about the Fed uh, tightening of process and in terms of uh, inflationary pressure potentially weighing on the uh, firm's uh, profit margin ahead. So we have already seen some signs of you know inflation, inflationary pressure leading to a uh, higher cost for many of these uh, companies itself. So it re- really remains a question on whether they are able to pass on you know these costs to our consumers in order to protect uh, their margins uh, moving forward. So this is what our markets will continue to look out for into the you know future uh, earnings season ahead. Thanks, Jun Rong. And this week, amongst the big names reporting are Cisco, NVIDIA, AIG, Walmart and Deere. Yep, Jun Rong there, market strategist with IG. Let's check in on how stocks are doing this morning. We are 27 minutes into the local trading day, 9.27 on the clock. The Straits Times Index, let me get a check on that. It's now trading at 3,409. That is down 0.58%. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.